A Christian Debunks Creationism by Paul Martin, read by the author, copyright 2019. Paul Martin's Fine Films and Audiobooks. Chapter 10 Flat Earthers. One of the most bizarre phenomenons of the last few years has been the sudden, unexpected, and rapid growth of the Flat Earth movement. I think personally they're just stupid attention seekers. I even joined one of their groups out of sheer curiosity and they were into crazy conspiracy theories. But it comes from a literal interpretation of the scriptures. And while young earth creationists, most of them have disavowed and rejected the Flat Earth Movement, like the Flat Earth Movement, both groups are obsessed with being faithful to a literal interpretation of Scripture. And Joshua chapter 10 verse 13 says, The sun stood still, the sun stayed in the midst of the sky. And Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 5 says, The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hurries to its place where it rises. And so the scripture talks figuratively about the earth, poetically. It's not a science book. But if you read it as a science book, you're going to run into problems. And Martin Luther, in his table talk, June the 4th, 1530, 39 said people gave ear to an upstart astrologer who strove to show that the earth revolves not the heavens or the firmament the sun and the moon the fool wishes to reverse the entire science of astronomy but sacred scripture tells us that joshua commanded the sun to stand still and not the earth another text of scripture is daniel chapter 4 verses 11 to 20, and it's an apocalyptic vision. But it tells about a tree that became so big and tall that it could be seen all over the earth. And I explained to a creationist, this is talking about a flat earth because that was how ancient people understood the world. And he tried to argue, no, no, it's referring to a round earth. And he said it must have been a tree that covered the top half of the earth. And I said, well, that still wouldn't be seen from Antarctica. And he said, well, maybe it had branches that were hanging down so low that they could be seen in Antarctica. And I laughed and said, well, then it wouldn't be a tree that would be seen all over the earth. It would be a tree that was covering most of the earth. And I said, the context is talking about a tree that could be seen from a far off distance. And most of the world had this geocentric view. I've quoted Martin Luther, but John Calvin did as well. And John Calvin wrote in his sermon on 1 Corinthians 10, 19-24, and this is quoted from Calvini Opera Selecta Corpus Reformatorium, volume 49, 677. 
John Calvin said, We will see some who are so deranged, not only in religion, but who in all things reveal their monstrous nature, that they will say that the sun does not move, and that it is the earth which shifts and turns. When we see such minds, we must indeed confess that the devil possesses them and that God sets them before us as mirrors in order to keep us in his fear. And that's a pretty crazy, fanatical thing said by John Calvin. But it was not just the Protestants who were guilty of that. We in the Catholic Church were also guilty of believing that geocentric view. Now, it was the generally accepted view in those days but it led to conflict with Galileo there's actually a lot of myths about Galileo I've heard people say that Galileo was executed or that he was put in a dungeon neither of them are even remotely true Galileo was actually a very caustic and conflictive person who ran into a lot of clashes with other scientists. He wasn't very good at winning friends and influencing people. And many he's believed to have invented the first telescope. That's also a myth. It was made in the Netherlands. And he asserted a lot of things that have been proven to be incorrect. So he actually wasn't right about a lot of things. He rejected Kepler's notion that the moon was the cause of tides in the ocean. We know from science today that Kepler was right in that. But what he did do was he pointed out the evidence for the heliocentric view rather than the geocentric view and Galileo said the Bible tells us how to go to heaven not how the heavens go and Galileo was also unable to produce evidence at the time he wasn't put on trial for his belief but he was put on trial for the belief that he did not have evidence to back it up and he was put under house arrest and the house that he lived in was a mansion and the Pope even visited him on friendly terms and gave him a blessing on his deathbed in 1642. Now the condemnation of Galileo did not lead, as a heretic did not lead to his death or his execution so it's been blown grossly out of proportion. But by 1741, the Catholic Church affirmed the heliocentric view. And it was actually Jesuit scientists who supported this view, the Copernican system. There was Father Francesco Grimaldi, who lived in the 1600s, and Adam Kochansky from 16, Father Adam Chikansky from 1631 to 1700, and they were not harassed by the church. So they may have overreacted to Galileo, 
But nevertheless, I'm not here to defend them being wrong, but I don't think it should be exaggerated either, as it often is today. But it should be a lesson from the errors of Calvin, Luther, and the church that condemned Galileo, that as Christians we can often misread the Bible and we can have a mistaken notion of what it's meaning when it was not meant to be written as a science book. Well, my friends, now we have reached the conclusion of our book, A Christian Debunks Creationism. We've looked at the history of evolution. We've looked at whether or not the Bible teaches creationism. We've looked at the age of the universe and then the evidence for evolution. We've examined the question of intelligent design and then whether or not Noah's flood was global and what does the Bible teach and what does science teach. We've looked at the charlatan and unethical behaviour of many creationists. And then we've examined other secondary issues that come up in relation to creationism. Is there life in outer space? Is climate change a reality? And what about the flat earth movement? The most important message of the scripture is that God is the one who began it in the very beginning. And I'll close by reading Psalm chapter 8. Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who has set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of babes and infants you have established strength because of your adversaries, that you might silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you think of him? The son of man that you care for him? For you have made him a little lower than God and crowned him with glory and honour. You make him a ruler over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yes, and the animals of the field, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, and whatever passes through the paths of the seas. Yahweh our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth.